It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was one of the toughest basketball games I've watched in a long time. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. We're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And joining me for the Henry Service Company postgame show, Daryl Daprich. Call Henry's at 334-288-2700 for all of your HVAC, electrical, or plumbing needs. Daryl, the Tigers fall to the Aggies. The Aggies complete the, the season sweep of Auburn as Auburn falls 78-83. to 83. And a game where I think Auburn was kind of in it despite a lot of factors going against them. It's just they couldn't overcome, um, what did we say, 26 more free throw attempts? Like, what? Yeah. What 20... in the world? 26 more free free throw attempts and 23 more made free throws. I mean, Auburn shot 47% from the field, 38% from three. So, so at some point, look, the way Auburn closes halves and games has to be addressed. Okay, this right now, before I get into the foul differentials and officiating and losing composure and that kind of thing, Auburn has to f- find a way and learn how to finish halves and games because the last five minutes of the first half is where I feel like this game was lost. Auburn was up 10. They let AM get back into it, get all the momentum, and then Auburn's down one at halftime instead of taking a lead. And then Auburn takes a lead with what four minutes and 34 seconds left to go. Sure. And back and forth, right. back and forth, and then yeah. just can't close. I mean, they never could get it above 10. They can't close. And other teams have closed against us. Except for Florida, so you know. Yeah, I mean, they've had opportunities to close in several games, but yeah, really, the only one they've done it so far was Florida. Somebody in the live chat, correct us if we're wrong on that. But we were talking before we click go live, and and I think Florida is the only one that we came up with. But yeah, I mean, Storm said the thirty-nine free throws to thirteen is unbelievable, and it's not like it's one of those games where Auburn shot thirty threes. Darryl? No, they went. They went to the. They went to the basket a lot in the first half. And from my vantage point, there was contact. It wasn't called. It was like, okay, we're going to let them play early. And then down at the other end, it was getting called. Then Auburn got frustrated, lost their composure, started with the trash talking and all that kind of stuff. That ended up that the Allen Flanagan hits a three and then says something to their bench. In all fairness, during the timeout. Uh, Dennis, for them, number zero, was woofing at the Auburn bench. No call, no technical. So all I want to say is this. Flanagan should have kept his mouth shut. That was stupid. It cost Auburn some points and some momentum momentum in a game they lost. I get that. But if you're going to call that on Flanagan, you better call it on Dennis. And it seems to me that officials get wide-eyed and intimidated on the road and that Buzz Williams, when he comes out on the floor 30 feet in his little vest, gets in their ear. I mean, there was a play where a Texas A&M dude was down. I get it. He was down on the ground, and Auburn was coming the other way. 
The refs blew the whistle, but by the time they blew the whistle, Buzz Williams was already on the floor standing over his player. You can't do that. They gave him a sideline warning. Ooh. I, I just want to see more consistency. I don't know what Bruce Pearl has to do with the SEC office if he has to buy them dinner first before they continue to do him this way. But, you know, you look at how the Tennessee game ended, all right? Auburn, they didn't lose that game because of that call, but that was still a bad call. Two things can be true at the same time. You can lose a game because you didn't execute, but you could also have poor officiating not go your way. I don't understand why you can absolutely bury your whistle and let people mug you Saturday, and then you come out to this game and you call it if they breathe on you. The inconsistency is mind-boggling. Bruce Pearl, apparently his team's just – I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't want to play the ref card because Auburn lost this game with doing other things. But still, th- that aside, it's still – look at the foul differential doesn't lie. It doesn't right. lie. No, I mean, it's pretty disparaging. And, and once again, it's not like Auburn refused to go inside. I mean, you saw you saw Janai shoot it 11 times. You, you saw Zepp attack the basket. You saw Allen inside. You saw Wendell attack the basket. And it's just – it's very frustrating because if you would have told me going into this game that Auburn was going to shoot 47%, 46.9% from the floor and 37.5% from three, and I'm like, on the road? Yeah, we win this game a ton. And they turned it over less in Texas A&M. I think it was 12 to 10. They didn't get killed on the boards like they did in Auburn. It was a one. No, they won the different. Yeah. Everything went the, the the way that we kind of said this is what needs to happen, but mm-hmm. the disparaging I mean, the the difference in free throw attempts is sad. And I really wanted Auburn to win this game for several reasons, obviously. But half at halftime, I'm like, I want to go off on the SEC officiating, not even just this game, but it's ruining the product of SEC basketball. It's ruining the product from top to bottom. No matter what game you watch, they're making it all about this, and, and it sucks. It's terrible because we finally got to this point as a conference three or four years ago. We're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to care about basketball now. And you saw all of these sec schools shell out the cash. You saw Auburn pursue Bruce Pearl and it's been great. Daryl, it's been great. But until the sec fixes this officiating problem, we cannot take a step forward as a conference. It's ridiculous. I'm going to tell you what, I'm just going to be very transparent in this. And the people that are in this live chat are going to be privy to a little bit of information that's going to make them understand what's going on. Uh, you know, I know, I know a Division One former Division One basketball coach that has had run-ins with particular crews that call SEC games, and some of these crews literally tell officials or tell coaches before the game, "You ain't got to worry about a thing today. You got the A team ref in this game. You got big time refs." If you feel that way about yourself, and you have that high of opinion as an official then you think it's all about you, and that's why you call 62 fouls in a game, and a game that starts at 6 ends at 8.20, which is freaking ridiculous that this game took this long to end. Nobody paid the money to go into that arena tonight, Reed Arena, and watch any of those officials. Pat Adams, you ain't a superstar. Nobody cares that you're an official, but yet, they think, and you know, courtside, I see some of this stuff when I was doing play-by-play with Troy and Alabama State. Some of these officials think it's about them. 
And I mean, you know, TV Teddy is is the biggest Teddy Valentine. That that's the problem. That's why you get so many fouls called. It becomes a show. And I, I don't know what the, what Sankey's going to do about it. I, I will tell you this: somebody in the comments said, "Well, Daryl, you should expect, you know, to get that kind of fishing on the road." Yeah, but go back and look at Auburn's home games. Look at foul differentials too. Maybe it's a style that Auburn plays. Maybe it's legitimate that every game they play, home or away, it, they it foul happen, more it, than it the other team. So it happens so. It happens so at much. This point I mean, where it's like maybe it's up. Maybe we're not doing something right. To quote Jerry Palm. From Saturday, when the when a former director of officials tweets out that that Jerry Adams guy or whatever his name is tweets out, I don't understand what that official is looking at. He's standing right there. How do you miss that call at that level? And Jerry Palm, who is a college basketball basketball savant, responds with, "It had to be a choice. It had to be a choice. When you start putting choice into calling basketball game and choose, choose." To put one team on the line 37 times and another team 12, it's ridiculous. In the SEC, it's killing their product. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to end up doing is eating their own. The SEC is going to eat their own, and they're going to have two less teams in the tournament they should have because officials call it this way, and they eat each other, and then you're going to end up having five teams in the the NCAA tournament instead of seven. Yep, it was tough. It's tough. Uh, Auburn was called for 27 fouls, and Texas A&M was called for 17. And like, let's let's be clear. Like, Buzz Williams style teams, they want it ugly. They want it to look like you're playing in a swamp. And like, that's a physical style. That's the style that attracts fouls. And it just didn't happen. It just did not happen. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. So as far as like what this means for Auburn moving forward uh, there's a few folks saying the Auburn's not a tournament team that's stupid don't say that yet no that's not, that that's yet. not even i mean all, Auburn, all Auburn team. has to do is win two more games now, if they lost the rest of their games it wouldn't be a tournament team auburn gets to 20 wins and has a winning conference record they're in and you can't convince me that they're not going to win two out of their last seven period they'll win three out of their last seven in my opinion so you know we need to we need to not we need to be careful we need to not you know <laughs> overreact it that it this it's tough because they've lost four out of their last five. Again, we remember what the last thing we saw, and they got a you know t- top three team in the country coming in Saturday. But thankfully, you're playing at home, and then you got some really winnable games after that. So you, you know we need to get back away from the ledge a little bit. You do no, and I think I mean Auburn can win every game left on the schedule except for I don't see you winning in Lexington. I don't see you winning in Tuscaloosa. Everything else I think is certainly manageable. And look, like I'm bummed because Auburn should have won this game with how they played. They shot better from the floor. They shot the ball a lot more times. They shot at a much higher clip. They turned it over less. They scored more off of turnovers. They didn't win the rebounding battle. Um, and, and they they won points in the paint. Auburn scored 38 points in the paint. Had more steals. Had more assists. Like they played a better game. It just didn't turn out that way because. Because Texas A&M just kept kept scoring points from from the charity stripe, but I didn't expect Auburn to win this game. I said it on the radio this morning um, when, when I went on with, with our friend Ben Taylor, and I, I just didn't expect them to. I feel oddly optimistic still on Saturday. Maybe a little bit less after this, just because I'm bummed right now. But I feel like if you ask me tomorrow, I'll start booging again. But I, I, this is just a tough matchup for Auburn, and the fact that they played as well as they did. 
and they overcame that, like what should have been a much larger deficit, if we're being honest here, with the way it was called and the amount of opportunities Texas A&M had to score. Like it should have been a much bigger deficit than it was. Does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. But as far as like Auburn moving forward, I, I don't think your thoughts on the rest of the season should be dictated by what happened tonight. I know that stinks because like we're just reacting to it right now, but um, I didn't have Auburn winning this game. I, I do have Auburn winning on Saturday. I think, too, uh, looking at big picture, there hasn't been really a game that Auburn has lost that they haven't been in. Even the A&M game, which was very deceiving. I left that game with a minute and a half left to go and Auburn down seven. The, the foul parade started and, you know, Texas A&M got it to double digits. But that was a deceiving. And anybody that says they got smoked by 16, I heard people say that today. That's not that's not necessarily – that's a little bit deceiving because it was close. It was within seven or eight with, with a little over a minute to go. So Auburn's been in every game. The West Virginia game, they came back. This game, the Tennessee game, they've not got blown out. No, they just can't I mean, close. Georgia, can't close I apologize. Georgia, yeah, Georgia, they got blown out. But they can't close, and that's the problem. At the end of a half or the end of a game, like we came on the air saying, they can't close, and they need to get that figured out. And all it takes is a couple of those to get it back in your momentum, win a close game and close, and then you get you get the ship righted. But, man, I don't know. You know, it, again, Texas A&M is a style. Buzz Williams, what he was doing defensively to Auburn, at Auburn, where it looked like he had Bruce Pearl's play sheet, that didn't work tonight. They didn't trap Wendell Green at the top of the key. They went away from that. Um, I felt like Auburn responded and put 78 points. I mean, when you say – when you made the point about how many free throws the differential was, that you looked at that and Auburn should have been blown out, the only reason why they weren't is because they shot it the way they did, right? I mean, they if you don't shoot 47% from the field, you probably do get beat 15 with that free throw differential. And that's what's so frustrating. Yep. To start the second half, it was like 4-1. Auburn had one foul and AM had four. And I just mm-hmm. I said, here it comes. Set your watch by it. And you blink and it's five four. Auburn's got five five. So I don't know. I, I Auburn's not playing any different. So what changes? And so they're they're, they're human beings. Fish officials are human beings. They make mistakes, but there's a trend in SEC. Yeah, but you still have a job to do. You have a job you still to have do. a job to do. I just think that it's, and it's too important. Much. Yeah. I mean, too I many people care about this stuff. There's too much money involved. It can't be this consistently bad across the board. No, and I, and I want to get away from anyone that thinks that there's a conspiracy theory. It's not. I just think they're bad at their job. I think, and I think that there are tendencies that they allow to seep in predisposed tendencies. Darryl, it's hard. I mean, and, and the game's faster now than it ever has been. I get it. I'm not saying I could do it, but like, I'm also not a ref. Like, it. <laughs> If I was yeah. a ref, I would I would do everything in my power to make sure I d- was able to do that. And look, there's a lot of people that ref that would love a shot at the SEC level. And it's like, if you're not able to get it done, like y- you got to find more people. Because what you're doing to our conference on the basketball court, it's sad. It's embarrassing. And Daryl, you could say it's agonizing. It really was agonizing tonight. Agonizing, yes. Yes. Um, yes. It's also agonizing when um, when things go wrong in your home, whether it's HVAC, plumbing, electrical. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be all of those things at once. And all you have to do is call our friends at Henry Service Company, 334-288-2700 is how you can get in touch with them. If you're in the Montgomery Tri-County area, Daryl does it. He lives up there. He trusts 
uh, Henry Service Company when these things, these agonizing things happen to his home or his business. He calls his friends at the uh, at Henry Service Company. So we hope that you will as well. Once again, that number is 334-288-2700. Alabama license number 00021. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, hit us up with your takes in the live chat tonight. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of good ones. I'm sure there's a lot of good ones. Um... Let's jump into Alexis saying we have too many players that don't bring any offensive productivity to our game. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Alexis. And sometimes there's lineups where it's like, where are the points coming from? When Wendell's off the floor and Donaldson's on the floor with KD, I'm just like, I don't know how we're scoring here. I don't know how in the world we're going to score points. Um, and that that stinks. That's just not a good situation to be in. I think that Bruce Pearl teams to be successful and to get where they need to get on a on a season with their des- with their you know on that voyage what the desired effect is they've got to get bench production. And tonight Auburn had ten points off their bench. I mean their 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 uh, starters were four, what five four of the five starters were in double figures. And Zepp even contributed with a couple big threes when I felt like the momentum was going Auburn's way. So from a starting five standpoint, productivity, you couldn't ask for more. Uh, four guys in double figures, but you you can't you got no bench production. I mean, you can't, and you know, uh, and on the flip side of that, I think AM did a yeah, AM had good gosh, 23 points off the bench. So they outscored our bench 23 to 10, so- and they went to the free throw line. We've had a bit of a run here with very little production and scoring off the bench. Who's who's the most likely to step up here? Like, I don't trust KD to do it. I don't trust Trey Donaldson to do it, nor should he have to. Like, he's a true freshman, and, like, I don't think that's his – I don't think it's his role. Uh, Chris Moore, I mean, he hasn't been the same since he's come back. And then uh, Yohan Treyor played for two minutes. Like, that's not going to happen. Leor Berman had a three. Like, that was cool. I just who who is it, Daryl? Who's going to score off the bench? Well, KD's got to give you more. I think he's got to give you double figures off the bench. He's capable of doing that. Whoa. I think Chris Moore at some point's got to wake up. I, I understand he hurt his shoulder, but he's got to get back to how he was playing before the injury. We just Maybe need more. He, from we him? just need more and more. Yeah, Cardwell's got to give you more than two points. Maybe he can give you six. Three baskets isn't a lot to ask for. Berman needs to give you five or six. I mean. It, Trey Donaldson can't come off the bench and give you zero. So if anybody just does anything a little bit differently and Auburn, instead of getting 10 bench points, gets 18 bench points, which isn't setting the world on fire, there's a difference. That eight points is huge. So I don't know. There's there's little things from an execution standpoint that Auburn is not getting done right now, bench scoring. We talked about the foul differentials. We've talked about 
you know, they did a better job on the turnovers. They did a better job shooting the basketball tonight. They really did. And that and that comes off of them starting out a little bit poor. Both teams really shot it. I think Auburn was like one of nine and AM was one of seven early on. And yeah. they overcame that. So I get that. And I guess if you want something to kind of hang your hat on and look at a silver lining, some of these things that are happening, law of averages says they'll flip. I mean, hopefully Auburn will get in a basketball game where they get to go to the free throw line 30 times and the opposing team goes 15. Hopefully some of these things that are happening, maybe maybe Auburn will get some guys coming off the bench maybe. and score more. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Harrison says, our guys can't dribble. Flan and Jalen look like they're dribbling with weights on the wrist. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, that's they're really not ball handlers. I don't want Flanagan. Really, even though he's a guard, he's a three. He doesn't need to be bringing the ball down the floor. Doesn't need to be mm-hmm. bringing it up. Same with Jalen. They need to catch and shoot. Uh, let Wendell and Zepp handle the basketball. KD when he's in there. Trey Donaldson when he's in there. I think that's part of the problem, too, is that when you start getting mismatches, you get guys doing things that they're not comfortable doing. Flanagan should not bring the ball up the floor. I saw Jalen Williams get a rebound and not give it up to a guard. And almost turn it over. Thankfully, he made a nice pass to yeah. Wendell, who laid it up. But he shouldn't be bringing the ball coast to coast like that. Just shouldn't I'm with happen. You. I'm with you. It makes uh, you just wonder: Are they working on these things? I mean, I, it doesn't feel like they are. I, I just, just I want to scream like at the TV and go, "That's basketball one on one." I learned if you're a big, you give it up to a guard and you get down the floor. Why don't we do smart things? I. That's what's frustrating. We should be working on that. I, you should. I, I get it. He was hitting threes, but at that point, you get him out of the game. You chew on him and say, "You're not a guard, okay? You're not a guard. Quit bringing mm-hmm. the ball up." I don't know. Well, I, don't, I don't know what's going large, on. Large, uh, large contingency in the live chat saying they want more shots from Leo Berman. Um, yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. That's fine. Like, I don't know if that's going to fix our problems, but like, that's cool. Whatever. Um. I just like, dude, we, I don't think we win more games because Leo Berman shoots it five times a game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm being pessimistic right now. Yeah. I, the guys that you were counting on giving you production this year are the ones that need to step up and give you more production. I think KD, Zep, some of those guys, Cardwell. I mean, if you'd have told me that in Dylan Cardwell's third year in SEC basketball that he couldn't average at least six points a game, I would have said, you're nuts. He. He can come off the bench, play 20 minutes, and get six or eight. Mm-hmm. He's got to do that. He should do that. He's taller than everybody. He can dunk. He can get offensive putbacks. And you got to get more out of him offensively off the bench. You just have to. You got to get more than from Zep. You need to get more from KD. Yep. Our good friend Ben Taylor asked, where is Treyor? Where is Moore? Where is Berman? Where is Cardwell? Where is Zep? Where is anyone? Well, they're all there. Um so Treyor played two minutes. Moore played eight minutes. Leor Berman played seven. Cardwell played nine. Zepp played 18. He just doesn't shoot. So, like, I, I just <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like this team should be better than it is. And once again, like, I think they played fine tonight. It's just they were in a really bad situation because of fouls and because of the free throw situation. Like, I really don't think they played. Like, if they shoot as well as they did tonight against Tennessee, they kill them. Like, if they shoot as well, and most of their losses, Mm -hmm. they look great. Like, I I, I don't know. I have a hard time, like, 
I understand there's like some big picture issues about this team, like, uh, you know, to asking about Chris Moore and asking about Dylan, you know, and, and those guys, like, where are they? Can they take the next step? But I, I do feel a little weird having the conversation tonight because like, I, I think they did enough to win. They just didn't, you know what I mean? Am I bugging too much? Call no, me I, no, I think you're right. I mean, they did do, I, I think if you had a little checklist coming into this basketball game and said, give me three key factors. Like, you know, analysts mostly do in basketball. They say my three keys to the game for Auburn to win. I would say you control boots, Radford, whatever his name is, because he killed you the first time. Check. Auburn did that. I'd say shoot over 45% from the field because they didn't the first time. Check. Auburn did that. Hey, hit some threes, shoot close to 40%. Check. Don't get out rebounded. Check. Don't win the turnover battle. Check. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of things, and I'll say this too, that Auburn did from a statistical standpoint that should have equated to a victory. That's what makes me want to put my fist through the screen. Because what they didn't do was go to the free throw line enough, obviously, or whatever they did defending Texas A&M that allowed them to go to the free throw line 37 times, um, not moving your feet, whatever it is, that's what they needed to clean up. I'll tell you this too. At the end of the first half, there, there was a point in that game where I felt like Auburn was going to lose their composure and go completely out of control. A&M was getting in their heads. The refs were getting in their heads. They were allowing them to. For Auburn to come out in the second half and have like a 13-2 to run and get up eight or nine, although they didn't they, – although they didn't, you know, sustain that, that, sh- that, yeah. did, that did show me that – because I thought it was going to get out of control. I thought they were, they were on the brink of losing their, their composure a little bit. Who would want to see Daryl just punch a screen? I'd watch that. I'm going to tell you what. I, I had to get up. I'm just, I'm very honest with our viewers and our listeners. You know that, Zach, right? I don't hold anything back. That's that's me to a fault. At some point. It's going to get me in trouble I, one day. <laughs> no, it will never get you in trouble. I thought I was having like, like a heart murmur. I mean, like my heart was skipping palpitations. I was so into this game. So I got up and emptied the garbage. I walked to the garbage. I walked back. I got a little fresh air. I was yeah. getting so frustrated in the first half that I was fantasizing about things that I could do uh, to, to to Pat Adams that hurt and some of those Texas A&M players. I was like, this isn't a good place for me. I need to Guys, I need to kind of you know for a walk, ta- yeah. take a breath, right? Mm-hmm. I, I get into Have it a glass little too of water, much. yeah. But it's it's frustrating because you see Auburn playing at such a high level, and even Dane Bradshaw, the color analyst, said, "Hey, the first fifteen minutes of this first half." Auburn doesn't need to give all that back by losing their composure at the end of this half. Ashley and, comes up with a great idea. Will you punch a monitor when we get to 10K subs? Yes. Okay, somebody somebody donate a monitor for us. Donate a monitor. I'll come to you, Zach, and I'll do it live. With no glove. <laughs> yeah, with no glove. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna like I'm gonna go like <laughs> I'm gonna breathe real. I'm gonna. I'm like. I'm gonna get in the right frame of mind. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm gonna think about some things that make me want to punch it, and I'm gonna absolutely destroy that monitor. Yeah, I'll do it <sighs> for charity too. Everybody, give a buck, and we'll give it to like a boys and girls club or something. Harrison says our guys would punch the screen and miss, and, miss. and get a chart <laughs> yeah. somehow. <laughs> Comment of the night. Comment yeah. of the night. You're right. They would like miss. Texas A&M going to the line for a one-on-one? Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, that doesn't even uh, make sense. That's why I say oh, at some gosh. point, at some point, the, the trend has to be reversed. 
This is just gonna have to. No, he's not gonna have to drive it to the ER. Trace, think about Buzz Williams. Oh, I will. And that little vest with his little two-tone vest. You know, I used to like him, and I know I think he's a good guy. I think off the court, he does a lot of good things. He's got a lot of good values, but he's just for he just some reason, our, dude. He just has our number. Like, let's and, just be and, honest here. And seeing him live two weeks ago, he just got under my skin. I'll admit it. He just his little on the court, getting on the court, and and you know, in the ref's ear, his Ooh. little sheet that he had. Calling yeah. out his defense, I, I just mm. I, I didn't I didn't like the gamesmanship too. I didn't get a chance to say this because I didn't do the live with you afterwards. I think it's disrespectful to come out after the national anthem, and I think it's disrespectful to come out when warmups are going on. I just uh, do. Yeah, that's cool. Call that's me cool. old school, but that's gamesmanship. That's mind games, and I think that's petty and pathetic. No, I get it. I get it. Okay, so let let's talk about Saturday because game day is coming in. And I think this team obviously feeds off of energy. And there's going to be more energy in that stadium than any any game that they've played so far this year. And to me, that's going to be the big uh, the big storyline going forward. Well, you, yeah, I think the, the great thing about this is a loss like this could really demoralize you, right? You go on the road, it's physical, it's emotional. You think you have a chance to win, and then you look mm-hmm. at the stat sheet. These kids aren't stupid, and they go, "For the love of God, what else could we have done? What more did we have to do?" And, and you know, and they go, "Oh yeah, we we didn't go to the free throw line 20. So th- th- it it could be, but because of who they're playing Saturday, and because of game day being there, and because of what's at stake, and it being at home, and everything just be, there's th- there's no way this team won't bounce back from an emotional level. And maybe, just maybe, some of those things that have been going against Auburn the last three games, will spin, the pendulum will swing back and go Auburn's way. Maybe we'll get some officials that are a little wide-eyed when they look over there and see Billis and Reese Davis and Seth Greenberg and, and those guys. Who knows? But I just, you know, of course, they'll probably be wanting to be on national, on national TV, so they'll want to show out. Yep. I just had a little bit of a panic attack. We're going on this uh, this like couples retreat with our church uh, this weekend, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I thought it was an eleven o'clock game for some reason. It's at one. I'll be home by then, so that's good. What kind of retreat gets you home at one? That's not much of a retreat, uh, bro. No, it's like a dinner with speakers and a breakfast with speakers. Oh, that Friday night it starts. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say if I mean yeah. if anybody really needed that retreat, good luck. You're out of there in three hours. Uh, yeah, that's that's what you call a brunch. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you really needed that to save your marriage, you may need to try something else. Not you, but I'm saying anybody that goes three hours. Okay, we're out. Let's try uh, this. Fitz says, did I read that wrong? A&M shot 39 free throws, ball game. Nope, that is sadly correct. That is correct. That yeah, is correct, didn't. which is you, um, bad. Very, very bad. Very, very painful. Never really gave yeah. us a shot, which stinks. I mean, I just hate it for these kids, right? And, like, I hate it for a lot of these dudes that, like, kind of helped build this program up to the culmination of winning the SEC last year, like Allen, like Jalen Williams, who's been such a role player for this program and now he finally got his chance and it's just like stuff like this just stinks. It well, stinks because all these guys wanted better. They all deserve better. And it's just, they're not getting it right now. You can't game plan for this, right? Give Auburn credit. They came out with a counter game plan to what happened two weeks ago at Neville and did some things to counteract what Buzz Williams did enough to win, but you can't game plan for 39 free throws. I'm sorry. And I, I get it. People are going to say, you're complaining about the officials. No, I'm not. I'm just saying fact. I'm laying down facts. You can't game plan when you when the other team shirts 39 free throws. Now, 
Do you look hard at yourself and say, is it us? Are we not moving our feet? Are we getting lazy? Are we swinging our arms? Are we whatever? I don't know. I just don't think that Texas A&M is that much more of an elite defensive team than Auburn, that the way they guarded was 27 less free throws. You, you're not going to convince me of that. Um, a Darius Pugh asked, what about Trey and when on the court together? It looked good. I, at some point during the game, KD, Trey, Wendell, and Leor Berman were on the court with Broom, and Auburn went on a 9-0 run. Mm. And it was small ball, but it was giving Texas A&M fits, and that's how we knew Buzz Williams had a little pink vest, that the black of his vest was pink because he got frustrated and took off his jacket. And because um, Bruce was eating him alive with that small guard lineup, and he didn't, he did not have an answer. We were skipping the ball across the floor, making really good passes, making that one extra pass. Broom right. would get the ball in his customary spot, you know, where he does that little run and hook, and he'd mm-hmm. he'd kick it out to the wing, and it, it was working. It was working. So we were we were asking about that early on to see Wendell and 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 Dane Bradshaw, who's really really good color analyst, by the way. I want to give him props. He said. You know, I'd like to see this earlier in the game because it keeps Wendell off the ball and less pressure. Right. Uh, all right. So Martin asks, why did KD play less in the second half? So it looks like he played 12 minutes in the first half, six minutes in the second half. Um, That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I hope somebody, I hope somebody asks Bruce that. I don't, I don't know. That that's a very. I hope somebody that's a you know covered this game in the press conference asked because is it an injury, was it a matchup thing? Because it looked like Auburn. I don't know what his plus minus was. Maybe you can tell me what it is. But it looked like they were excelling when he was on the floor. Do you have his plus minus for KD? Yeah, it was minus three. Mm, okay, which is well, probably third or fourth on the team. Quick look. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question, and I think somebody needs to try to get the answer to that because 12 in the first half seems right. Maybe he eight had, or nine. He had second. two fouls in the first half, and he picked, up a, he picked up a third foul in the second half. Maybe it was early. I don't really remember when that foul was, though, Daryl. Maybe they had to bench him early because of Could that. Could be. Could be. But still, I feel like it should have been more than six minutes. Oh, Ashton BM64 makes a good point. He said, did anybody see KD with the waist trainer looking thing? I did on the bench. He had a gigantic belt around his waist. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up because I remember saying when Auburn made that second run and got up, you know, five, six, he was standing up cheering and everything. He had that that belt thing on. Maybe it generates uh, currents to your back. I guess that's what it is. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he did have that on. So great, great, uh, great catch there ashton right that's why this is fun doing these things right i mean we yeah they're more fun when we win and the other team oh yeah 85 free throws but true they they are fun they are fun even uh even in the loss so yep but much more fun when we win and hopefully hopefully we recap a win on saturday and we're able to do this and have fun doing this every single week because of our friends at the henry service company as this is the Henry Service Company post-game show. Give them a call, 334-288-2700 for any HVAC, plumbing, um, electrical needs. You know, got issues with your water heater, be sure to call our friends at Henry Service Company. Once again, that number, 334-288-2700, Alabama license number 00021. Daryl, how can people give you some love and support you, my friend? 
You can follow me on Twitter, uh, DAP6410, at DAP6410. You can catch me Monday mornings with our good friend Ben Taylor. Good to see him in this chat on Auburn Opelika this morning on News Talk WANI. I jump on about 7.10 on Monday mornings, and we go to about 7.30 talking all things sports. Mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully Monday we'll be talking about a, a nice win Hope so. Saturday. And then so. um, with you every every after one of the, after every one of these games. That's right. That's right. Be sure to subscribe if you aren't already. Get to 10K subs. So we can watch Daryl absolutely light up a monitor screen. It'll be a ton of fun. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.